بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الذي رحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله Alhamdulillah, we are able to have once again the opportunity to reflect on Surah Luqman. As you know, we reached the verse number 19. And this is the last piece of advice from Luqman which has been mentioned here. And it starts like this A'udhu Billahi Min Shaitan Ar-Rajim Waqsid Fi Mashyik Waqbud Min Sawtik Inna Ankar Al-Aswat Lasawtul Hamir You remember that in the previous verse Luqman asked his son not to walk with pride and arrogance. This is to complete, to continue his advice and in particular he starts again with walking, Mashi is walking. He says, Waqsad fi Mashiach. He asked his son to observe moderation to be balanced in his walking so either mash here means walking or mash means conduct because sometimes mash is used as conduct it doesn't make difference because even if it is walking it's not just with respect to walking it means the whole conduct the whole behavior it's very important to be balanced to strike a balance in every aspect of our behavior not only in walking we should be moderate not to for example walk very fast or very slow but also in anything else we have to find the balance the Quran tells us that God the Almighty has indeed set up a kind of balanced measure for everything for example in the verse 7, 8, in the verses 7 to 9 of chapter 55. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And the heaven, he raised it high and he made the balance. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the balance. That you may not be inordinate in respect 
of the measure. Allah taqsaru bil mizan. So we have to observe this measure, which is the balance, and keep up the balance with equity, and do not make the measure deficient. So these verses are very important. So it's very much related to the creation of the world. Not only Allah has made the physical world with measure, everything has a very fixed and carefully designed measure. And if imagine, for example, the speed of the motion of the planets and the stars were not the same that they are. If they were moving too fast or too slow, then we wouldn't have ability to have this life. If the body of human being was not so carefully designed, for example, if our skin was softer or harder, then we wouldn't have the same flexibility and we wouldn't enjoy our life. Anything else, there is a measure that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has considered. So, when this is the case about the creation of God, so in our behavior, in our conduct also we should find the balance. So God says, and the heaven, he raised it high and he made the balance, that you may not be inordinate in respect of the measure, and keep up the balance with equity and do not make the measure deficient. And this is not the only verse. We have actually some other verses which mention the same idea, but with respect to different actions. So this verse which I just recited, these uh, verses from chapter 55, mention it as a general rule, but the Quran goes further and makes this uh, a statement about particular actions. For example, in chapter 17, number 110, God the Almighty says, Neither speak your prayer aloud, nor speak it in a low tone but seek a middle course between chapter 17 number 110 so this is about how to say our prayer you know that the prayer of Fajr and the prayer of Maghrib and Asha when we recite Surah Al-Hamd and the second Surah we should uh, say and recite it loudly as we call it jahran so that for example if someone is next to me can understand it but we shouldn't shout 
we should not use very loud voice on the other hand we should not make it very very low you must find a balance and of course depending on the circumstances even the balance would be different for example the imam of the prayer of the congregational prayer uh, may speak and recite louder than a person who is saying his prayer and he's alone in any case there is a right measure there is a balanced measure for every action depending on the action itself and depending on our conditions and we have to be able to find that balance another verse is in chapter 25 number 97 and this is about giving charity when you want to give charity again you have to find balance not to give too little so that it would not be beneficial for you it would not be beneficial for the receiver or to give too much so it may be beneficial for the receiver but harmful for you if you find the right balance it would be beneficial for you and the other person of course even sometimes giving too much may be not beneficial for the receiver because then he may become too much dependent or he may become you know very uh, lazy in his actions you have to find the balance you have to give that much that you feel in your possession what what do I mean I mean that every for example month if for example you imagine that we receive our salary every month or even if you have business and you for example sell things every day but maybe every month you calculate and you realize how much profit you have made so every month we should try to give some fixed amount of sadaqah the Quran says about the believers there is a fixed amount of money in their possessions which is the right for the sa'il the one who asks the one who is needy and asks you the one who is deprived maybe he doesn't even ask you so the believers are the people who have fixed some portion of their money for the people who are in need and they consider this as a right for the people who are in needy they don't think that they are doing a favor they think that this is their right and they are giving them their right okay they have a fixed something which is decided and defined 
it's very important so we should not give charity without understanding this balance if I give too little for example if every month I make ten thousand dollars and I give just ten dollars or hundred dollars this is not that much and this is not something that helped me to detach myself from the love for dunya you know because sadaqa charity is mainly recommended or sometimes obligated so that we purify ourselves by giving alms you seek purity or Allah says to the Prophet take from their possessions charity so that you purify them and clean them so you have to feel that you are giving that much from your possessions that is purifying you so if I have too much money millions for example and I give just little which of course my little may be more than what someone else even earns every month but for me this is not significant this is not something that I feel then this charity would not have the effect that it should in any case you have to find out how much is needed so that at least you feel that you are giving something and second how much is needed so that you can maintain and continue your own life and for example business as well God does not want you to become bankrupt God does not want you to become poor and dependent on others so you have to find the balance this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in chapter 25 number 97 they are the ones who when spending of their sustenance for the sake of God are neither extravagant nor miserly as with everything else they practice moderation and strike a correct balance between the extremes so this advice of Luqman about to be moderate in your walking and which is very much connected lower your voice of course this doesn't mean lower your voice too much it means that don't shout don't speak too loudly lower your voice to the level that it's just enough to be understood to be heard yes sometimes a person is very far from you and you have to shout but by the time your voice reaches him it's not very loud 
You know, you speak loudly so that the voice reaches that person. But he would hear it as a moderate voice. That's fine. But if the person is next to me, why I should shout? Uh, sometimes I shout and I annoy the person with whom I'm speaking. Or I annoy and disturb other people who are around and they are not part of this conversation. I am annoying them. Even it is harmful for ourselves because sometimes loud voice and indeed any kind of noise when it goes um, to a very high level can be very harmful for our uh, brain, for our memory and today as you know part of the pollution which is discussed and there are many discussions about this and I remember that in Manchester when I used to do my PhD I, we had a friend who was doing his PhD about the pollution which is caused by sound so this is now a very uh, important topic even in science so the Quran 14 centuries ago is referring to this fact that you have to avoid the pollution of uh, environment caused by sound you have to avoid by being uh, either too uh, much for example radical like walking too uh, fast giving money too much uh, speaking too loudly praying too much or going to the other side of extreme speaking too slowly giving charity too little saying prayer too little no you have to find the balance a Muslim whether it's a Muslim individual or a Muslim community is the community which is very balanced and this of course needs guidance knowledge and wisdom of the leaders of the scholars to help people to understand what is the balanced measure so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says waqasad fi mashik of course Allah is quoting the advice of Luqman but anyway this is the word of God anything in the Quran is word of God even when God is quoting someone else still it's word of God and it has its own caliber you cannot say because this part is the word of Luqman so it is the word of a human being or maybe for example another place this is the word of Pharaoh this is the word of for example even uh, Satan so this is not word of God no all Quran is word of God the words are chosen by God but sometimes God himself is telling us about what other people have said 
but again he is using his own words to express what they said in many cases they didn't even speak Arabic so this is very important so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying this but quoting Luqman وَقَصِدْ فِي مَشْيَكْ وَغُضُذْ مِنْ صَوْتِكْ إِنَّ أَنْكَرَ الْأَصْفَاتِ لَصَوْتُ الْحَمِيرِ Indeed, the ugliest, the most unpleasant voice is the voice of the donkey. This is not a blame for donkey. You know, you have to remember the animals are not blamed because to blame or praise depends on that person's freedom, that person's choice. Uh, in ethics, we say that the subject matter of ethics or morality is human voluntary actions and acquired qualities. So, we never say the action of this dog or that donkey or that cat is moral or immoral because they act according to their instinct and they are not choosing between different types of actions. So this is clear. Here is not a moral judgment. It is just a fact. It is just something about human understanding or human impression when they hear different voices. If you hear the voice of different types of, for example, animals, the voice of donkey relatively is the one which is very loud and sometimes very much out of context. It's not to blame donkey, as I said. Maybe for donkeys themselves, this is very helpful. Uh, we don't know. But for us, when we listen, for example, to the voice of a uh, kind of, for example, bird, or even, for example, a kind of, for example, horse or cow, uh, it's not that much unpleasant. But the voice of donkey is like this. And even uh, in our uh, hadith, sometimes uh, when people use very loud and uh, unpleasant voice, it is compared to uh, the voice which is too loud and we find in a donkey. So it may not necessarily be only a donkey which uses this type of voice. So you have to find a balance. Look at the animals. When you see that when they, for example, you know, speak with each other or they make a you know noise or they for example uh, maybe they are praising god maybe they are glorifying god in any case you find that if they use the balanced 
tone it is very pleasant for you so you yourself should do the same or when you look at people talking and speaking with each other you find that the people who speak in a balanced way you like it so you have to do the same so that other people also would like it so what is important is to find a balance in everything and here we don't have that much time to go into a very important discussion in ethics about justice but very briefly I refer to the idea of many ethicists right from Aristotle to Muslim ethicists like for example Khadja Nasiruddin Tusi like Mullah Mahdi Naraqi, Mullah Ahmad Naraqi in their books, they mention that for every faculty of our soul, we need to find the balance. Indeed, what they say is that we have three faculties of the soul. One is the faculty which is responsible for understanding this is al this is that part of our soul which helps us understand the facts a person who is able to strike a balance in this faculty is called wise hakim al-hikmah is to strike the balance here if you don't strike the balance and go to extremes, you would suffer. Either you become too rational, too critical, so you don't believe in anything. The people who are too radical in their rational understanding, they don't believe in anything. They question everything, they question every argument, and because they have become uh, you know, zealot in this, they cannot believe in anything. Or if you go to the other extreme, so you lose your critical mind, so you accept everything easily. This is also bad. We should not accept things without reason, and we should not reject to accept when there are good reasons. To find the balance is is wisdom which you have to find the other faculty is the faculty of anger we are faced sometimes with risk with challenges with threats we need anger so that we react and defend and protect ourselves if you have this in the right measure, in the balanced measure, it is called ash-shaja'ah, bravery. So the brave is the one who can act to defend himself or maybe other people who have value for him or maybe his country, maybe his money, anything which is valuable, in the right time, with the right actions but 
if this faculty of anger becomes too excessive in its performance, then the person becomes aggressive, attacks everyone, tries to fight with everyone. This is too much. This is not bravery. If you start fighting with people, even the people who have no in bad intention, they don't want to harm you. You start defending yourself against them, you start attacking them, this is bad. Or if you go to the other extreme and you become too passive, people attack you, people hurt you, people humiliate you, and you don't bother. This is also bad. This is not to be uh, taken as a sign of being noble or a sign of being, you know, forgiving. Yes, to be noble is good, to be forgiving is good, but you have to protect your reputation, you have to protect yourself, you have to protect your children, your family, your religion, your country. You cannot say, I'm a very noble person, I don't bother what people do with me. You have to find the balance. There is another faculty which is Al-Quwwatu Shahawiyya, which is the faculty responsible for appetites. We need to have appetite so that we eat, we drink, we get married, we, for example, make a house or buy a house for ourselves, so on and so forth. If you find the balance, then it is effa. This is modesty. But if you don't find the balance, for example, you eat too much, or if someone wants to enjoy sexuality too much, then this is very dangerous, very bad, very harmful. Or if you go to the other extreme, you show no appetite, you have no appetite for anything, you don't have interest in eating, in drinking, in traveling, in meeting people, in enjoying yourself, you don't want to have any um, marriage, so this is not good. You have to find the balance. Okay. Then they say, if you strike the balance with respect to the faculty for rational understanding, which is wisdom, and strike the balance with respect to the faculty which is responsible for anger, which is bravery, and strike the balance with respect to the faculty which is responsible for appetite, and that is effa, modesty, then in all your personality you have found justice, al-adala. So al-adala is the quality which is very comprehensive. Al-adala here means to strike balance with respect to every aspect of your soul. So in this understanding of adala, it's not justice, it's not only between people. Because normally in um, the modern understanding of justice, when we say justice, we think of justice as a kind of relation between me and other people. Or between, for example, a government and people. Or between two governments. So it's always between something and something else. 
but in this understanding and Islamic understanding justice can be inside I have to be just with respect to myself I have to avoid injustice with respect to myself and of course other people indeed everyone who is doing injustice to others first of all he's doing injustice to himself nafsi, as we say in dua kumil or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in many places says in the Quran that the people who do not believe in God or do not observe the legislation made by God they are doing injustice to themselves they are not doing injustice to God they are doing injustice to themselves no one can hurt God no one can harm God if I do anything bad if I don't say my prayer if I don't go for Hajj if I don't give alms if I humiliate others if I don't respect others if I don't give them their due right I am first of all doing injustice to myself and then to other people not only that if I don't study to learn if I don't acquire virtues if I don't become a person who is humble who is helpful who is honest who is organized I am doing injustice to myself and then to others so justice is a very comprehensive concept it means a kind of righteousness in any case what I try to say is that to be balanced to be moderate is very very important idea it's not just something with respect to walking or speaking these are two great examples but as the Quran itself says and as we explained with respect to the view of the scholars of ethics these are very comprehensive and very broad concepts so I hope that inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps us in our struggle for achieving this moderation and this inshallah balance in every aspect of our life whether it's personal life or community life so I stop here and if you have questions you can uh, send your questions uh, before I receive questions from brother Hussein I want to make an announcement Alhamdulillah uh, we have been able to start a series of English lectures in the shrine of the Lady Masuma, peace be with her in city of Qom so every week on Saturday after Maghar prayer there is English lecture inside Haram so if any of you uh, get the chance to come for Ziyara to Qom so that is the place that you can meet and you can listen to English lectures in Darul Talawa inside Haram but uh, Alhamdulillah the lectures are also put online so if you go to 
shia.com www.shia.com you would find an icon for these lectures it is QL come weekly English lecture there are already two lectures so alhamdulillah you can find them there and the topic which I chose uh, because I'm giving the first few lectures so the topic is wisdom remember we talked about wisdom and you showed interest in this topic and I myself have interest in this topic for more than uh, it's now actually about 14 years so uh, I chose this as the first topic inshallah pray that the lectures go well and inshallah pray that inshallah we can achieve wisdom okay now the first question humbleness is greatly emphasized in Islam however in our society it can be mistaken as a weakness how do we overcome that yes yes when you are humble some people may think you are weak uh, you have to avoid you know this kind of judgments of people for example you shouldn't you know let people think you are weak but in the end this is a secondary issue the main issue is that you have to achieve virtues even if people get you know wrong impression what is important is first of all make sure that you are humble and then as much as possible try to clarify for people either in your words or in your action that you are not a weak person you are just humble you are very indeed strong indeed I believe that the people who are humble they are very strong the people who are arrogant they are very weak because they are very weak because they don't have self-confidence then they want to humiliate others they think this is the only way to protect themselves but the person who is humble is so confident, so strong, that he doesn't need to gain anything. He doesn't need to gain significance or you know, attention or position by humiliating others and treating them with you know, lack of respect. So humbleness is the sign of strength. People may get you wrong. So you should clarify for them your words or actions. But in the end, as I said, the main thing is to do something which is right, which is pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and pleasing the people who have good understanding, inshallah. Question two. Is there anything that giving charity removes misfortunes? Uh, it depends what we mean by misfortune if we believe by misfortune that you know there is a kind of chance then that's not correct there is no something like chance uh, in reality everything has its own reason and its own explanation so chance in a philosophical sense in the sense that something which happens without any reason without any explanation of its own it's not possible the same is about misfortune so you cannot say some people are misfortunate 
just because of chance or just because for example today is the for example the thirteens um, or for example you know uh, you know things like this that people you know have some uh, superstitious ideas but if we mean by misfortune that bad events that have their own reasons yes charity can remove many many bad uh, possibilities can avoid many tragedies uh, sometimes even your life can be uh, extended when you give charity because in many cases people die before they actually meet their deadline so they don't reach their fixed deadline because the fixed deadline cannot be delayed or brought earlier but many people call, uh, die but what we call ajale mu'allaq suspended or conditional deadline what does it mean it means that if you act in this way you die in this age if you act in that way it can be earlier or later for example if you give charity you can live longer than the people who is in the same condition and does not give charity of course you cannot give charity and then live thousands of years if it is not what Allah has planned for you has not fixed for you but at least you can extend it to the fixed measure to the fixed deadline that is the longest that Allah has planned for you so many people by this you know we have many examples many stories many hadith about this so giving charity is very helpful it avoids uh, unexpected death it can avoid illness, it can avoid poverty, it can avoid many problems. Question 3 is, Assalamu alaikum Mawlana, thank you, alaikum assalam. I've heard this authentic hadith by one of the Imams whereby he says that homes is forgiven and is not required, but there are other conditions. Please, can you learn? Thank you very much for your question. Some people think that First of all, in the Quran, when we talk about zakat, alms, or about charity, it doesn't include homes. No, this is not uh, always right. Sometimes we say zakat in contrast to homes. So, for example, I say al zakat and al homes. So here it's separate. But in many cases, especially in the Quran, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about giving alms or about charity, it includes homes. And there are, of course, specific verses about homes. But most of the cases, when Allah talks about charity, about giving alms, it includes homes, it includes zakat, it includes zakat al-fitrah, it includes the voluntary payment that you can pay any kind of voluntary charity so all are included then we have many many hadiths about homes because of the significance of this issue in the journal message of Thakalain in the last two issues we have published a summarized translation of 
one of the books of Ayatollah Makarim Shirazi about Khums. And inshallah, the third part would be published in a spring issue. So if you please go to um, the website of the journal, messageofthakalain.com, then you find these papers, two papers which are already published on Khums. And there you find the reason why some people think that Khums was forgiven and the answer. Yes, in a specific time, Imam Jawad salam limited Khums to and restricted it to certain items. He didn't totally remove it, but he said this is for this particular condition because of the difficulties of that time. So at that time, Khums was not removed, but was restricted. Then it goes back to the normal situation. The hadith and the way they refer to the necessity of homes are discussed in this uh, essay which is now being published in the message of Thakale. So please refer to that uh, journal and also I hope you received the link for the paper on humbleness, thankfulness and love which we talked in last session about the significance of humbleness. When it comes to charity, often times I feel that the money is not necessarily used in the best manner possible or agents keep a commission. Can you recommend any charities which are responsible? Yes. There are two issues and you rightly refer to these two issues. One is that I should be able to give this charity. And I believe that it's very clear from the Quran that the main beneficiary is the giver, not the receiver. And if we knew the value of giving, we would have had competition in giving. According to some hadith, in the time of appearance of Imam Zaman, because there are now poor people, after Imam establishes everything according to his standard, then people look to uh, uh, find, you know, poor people. Because they want to give, they know the value of giving charity. So, I am the main beneficiary. So, I should give money. Or, sometimes I have no money, I give goods, or I give time, or I give advice. But definitely giving something which I love, something which is helping in reducing my attachment to dunya. Okay. The second thing is that there are needs in the society. So, there are poor or maybe there are projects that we need for the welfare of the society or certain individuals. And we have to make sure that this is also handled and tackled properly. It is true that when I give my charity, I am benefiting already. But at the same time, we have to make sure that gradually we are meeting the needs of the poor people and the society. 
and here we need some coordination some organizational arrangements so if I know poor people and you don't know you can ask me or if for example we are a group of people as a community we can ask one two three people to do investigation on our behalf so we give them money give them our support and trust and they also go and do their best to find out the people who are in need of the best projects they make sure that the money is spent efficiently if we centralize this and we appoint the people who are uh, pious and at the same time careful and efficient then inshallah we can make sure that the second also part is properly done which is the part of uh, areas in which this money is spent but what I try to say is that please uh, let us not make this an excuse so that we don't give charity let us do both at the same time let us give charity and at the same time try to find the best ways of spending this charity in the end the main thing is the first one for example Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when talks about the sacrifice for Hajj he says لَن يَنَالَ اللَّهَ لُحُومُهَا وَلَا دِمَاؤُهَا وَلَكَنْ يَنَالُهُ تَقْوَى مِنْكُمْ neither blood or flesh of these uh, sacrificed animals would reach Allah Allah does not need this even although we should try to give it to the poor people but this is not the first issue the first issue the first reason of sacrifice is is that your purity would reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah would receive the sign of your purity this doesn't mean that we should waste animals which are sacrificed in Mina but this means that that is the secondary issue first make sure that you achieve your purity and second make sure that you spend that in the best possible way question 5 if one follows and acts on the advice of Luqman do you believe one can become a political leader in mother times or he will be thrown out very quickly very good question yes it's very difficult in modern politics to be a pious and a wise person to be a humble person but this is a challenge so I'm not saying impossible but indeed this is what modern politics need maybe it's very difficult they don't let you you know to come up with such qualities but this is the only way to save the politics of our age if people who are good if people who are wise who are humble who are thankful uh, these people come up then there is a hope there is a chance that maybe it would be sorted out otherwise it remains as it is or goes the worst but at the same time we should not deceive ourselves this is not something easy I say okay 
I am a humble person, I'm a wise person, so I want to do and change the politics. It's very, very difficult. Certainly get the advice of great ulama when you want to do something like this. The people who know the requirements of fiqh and the people who can also give you some advice about your own capability. So I agree that it's very difficult nowadays to become involved in politics and maintain these qualities. And for sure we don't want to compromise about these qualities, but also we don't want to lose the um, role that uh, we should play in politics. So we have to find the balance. But at the end, our aim and purpose is not to gain power, is not to harm anyone, is just to spread good and to spread uh, mercy. The other question is, what was the first Qubbat? Yes, Al-Qubbatul Aqilah, which is the faculty for rational understanding. This was the first. And then Al-Qubbatul Ghababiyyah, Al-Qubbatul Shahabiyyah, the faculty for anger and the faculty for apartheid. Question 7. The following has been translated from Urdu. When the twelfth Imam will appear, the flag that will be with him, what would be written near or on the flag? Urdu. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know Urdu. I wish I knew Urdu, so uh, I don't know what does it mean. And please forgive me, uh, I cannot comment on this question. So I stop here. I thank you for your attention, for your kind questions. Inshallah, remember us in your dua. And I hope to, inshallah, have this session again with you after two weeks. Wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alam.